0: Trusting God's Economy, Part Two, by Apostle Jacqueline Fedor If we, the children of God, are to inherit the whole world, as God promised in romans chapter four, verse thirteen, we must learn to exercise the gift of faith God has planted within us to accomplish it. The enemy is not going to just hand it over politely. The day is gone where we are able to just talk about our faith. We will absolutely have to depend on it for victory. Romans chapter 4 verse 13 tells us, For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. When we walk in faith, we are always in right standing with God because faith causes us to react correctly, making us in line with the Word as a result Lack of faith, however, makes unrighteousness govern our actions. That's why without faith in God, it is impossible to please Him, and if He is not pleased, there is no blessing, no help. Hebrews 11, verse 6 informs us, But without faith it is impossible to please Him, for he who comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. The scriptures assure us, if we would truly trust our Father with our lives, we could own the whole kingdom. We have to trust His love, however, and truly believe His word. Faith is believing what the word of God promises, and then trusting that God loves us enough to perform it on our behalf. For instance, Luke chapter 12 verse 32 reassures us, Do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Do we believe this scripture is so? Have we meditated on it until it has become absolutely real to us? We won't react correctly when the enemy challenges our kingdom rights if we haven't really accepted it for ourselves. We will become easily discouraged and not step out in works that establish the kingdom as a result of our lack of faith in God to make it happen. It's hard to want a kingdom to come into being that you don't understand or even truly believe in. Our works will prove we have faith in God's economy. The kingdom of God has its own set of rules that are very different from man's systems. We will have to let go of our mindsets to exist within the economy of this kingdom, and it will take faith in God on our part to be successful citizens. We can't say we have faith without manifesting works to go along with it either. In fact, A lack of works proves that we have a lack of faith and exposes the fear we actually have in trusting God. Here are some questions we can ask ourselves to test the amount of faith we really have in the economy of God. Can things get tight financially and yet we continue to help others with their financial problems? And do we continue to give offerings to the storehouse as long as they are made available to give? Do we really esteem the needs of others above our own? Maybe we have no money to offer. But what about our personal effort? When we are busy in our personal lives, will we stop what we are doing and give of our time and energy to help the church family with their problems? Actually, we might question ourselves, are we even interested enough to know that problems exist? If we're leadership, Are we ones the family feels comfortable to look to for help? When we give to the kingdom, be it our time or money, whichever is needed, God promises our needs will be met. Remember Luke chapter 6, verse 38? Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Can we trust that? Do we really believe that? Do we have the faith to act on our belief? Could we exercise our faith and hand over our last five bucks if someone needed it, trusting God would then meet our need? Let us read James chapter two, verses fourteen through seventeen. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith? but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and if one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give to them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 7-8 through eight. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. A person that has faith and trusts God can cheerfully give without fear, that their own needs will not be met. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. This abundance may come only after your faith is tested, however. You see, God gives us money above our personal lifestyle, so we have the abundance to meet kingdom needs. It's not ours to keep. In other words, the abundance will only really come to those that will give willingly and cheerfully to kingdom causes. In fact, He may ask us to give sacrificially. He loves it when we give all that we have. Let us read 1 Kings Chapter 17, verses 9 through 16. For a great lesson in giving, though in personal need and sowing, all to the kingdom obediently, God said to Elijah, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. God spoke to her ahead of Elijah's arrival. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup, that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin, and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks, that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. They were eating their last meal. And Elijah said to her, Do not fear. Go and do as you have said. But make me a small cake from it first. Bring it to me, and afterward make some for yourself and your son. It is not our personal decision as to how to distribute. This is the ministry of the one chosen by God to handle it. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, The bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry, until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah, and she and he and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord which he spoke by Elijah. This relates to the sowing and reaping principle again. She sowed into the man of God and reaped in abundance for her efforts. Common sense would say, Charity starts at home. But she had heard from God and was obedient to sow into the life of the servant of the Lord. Again, we see the principle as little resources as she had. It was not hers to use as she thought fit. God needed it, so she gave willingly and in faith. What you sow, you reap. Proverbs 11, verses 24-25 explains, There is one who scatters, yet increases more, and there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. The generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. So if we're not doing well monetarily, We might ask ourselves, where did we go wrong? Did we perhaps use our seed outside of the kingdom in such a way that it contributed to the worldly advancement of Satan's kingdom? Were we more interested in satisfying our personal worldly desires than concerning ourselves with the needs of the greater family? Perhaps we've been saving for hard times, and have purposely closed our ears to any discussion concerning finances, as it might mean God would expect us to meet a need? God forbid! That would cost us our security, our little nest egg, and throw our destiny completely on God. We would actually lose control of His money. How dare He expect that? Remember Haggai 2, verse 8, however. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. Perhaps we're ones that have sown money and time into God's people and kingdom interest, and now we're eagerly waiting on the harvest. It may not happen as fast as we would like, but it would come forth as promised. God is rarely early, but He is always on time. Faith and endurance are very necessary in this situation, however. Remember, those that wait on the Lord will mount up with wings like eagles. Run and not grow weary. Walk and not faint. God makes our journey possible. He gives us the strength to go on when we put our trust and faith in Him. Isaiah 40, verse 29 promises, He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, He increases strength. Do we believe Him? Then act on it. Wait quietly and patiently for your harvest. Be a people of faith.